Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Right now we are in the middle of November, and our year is coming to a close. The days are getting darker, the nights are getting colder, and our church, through the readings, are mimicking this type of season. If you look at the readings this weekend and last weekend, they have a dark quality to them, almost a brooding quality amongst them. The readings, especially this weekend, speak to us about the end of the world. Now every year, as we end our liturgical year, and our liturgical year ends in a matter of just a few weeks, the beginning of the liturgical year is always at Advent. And so we only have a few more weeks of this liturgical year. And the church insists that we take readings that focus on our own mortality. Now, how appropriate, as we just a few weeks ago celebrated All Saints and All Souls Day, we recognized our spiritual brothers and sisters, as well as our loved ones that have gone before us, are now in heaven. And we ask that they pray for us as we pray for them. But in doing so, we are reminded of our mortality. Now, with that in mind, go in the second reading from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Here is probably Paul's earliest of letters. It was written in the early 50s, about 10 years before the very first gospel, the gospel of Mark, was written. And Paul is addressing many of the concerns that the early Christians had. Many of the early Christians were concerned about the end of the world, when it would happen. Even Paul writes in the second reading, he truly believes that he would see the second coming in his lifetime. Now notice what Paul says at the very beginning. We do not want to be unaware, brothers and sisters, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you may not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God, through Jesus, bring those who have fallen asleep risen to him. Paul is talking about the great hope that we all have, the great hope in the resurrection. Paul is telling us that through Jesus' death and resurrection, the entire universe changed forever. It was never going to be the same. Now, we have to understand If you're living in the first century, during the time of Jesus and even Paul, you knew one thing was absolute, and that was death, and there was nothing beyond death. But now Paul tells the Thessalonians and us, because of Jesus' resurrection, everything has changed. Christ gives us the hope that we too will follow in his death and resurrection ourselves. Now this is very important for us to understand especially now more than ever in our culture, a culture of death. Also, the literature in our culture. You can go into any bookstore and find shelf upon shelf upon shelf that speaks about the apocalypse, the rapture, the end of the world. In fact, just a few years ago, he probably read or maybe even heard of that book series, Left Behind. 
that talks about how just a select group of people were raptured up into heaven, and the rest of the people in this world were left behind and had to fend for themselves. So what are we to make of all this? How are we to understand this? What I wanted to do is turn to my dad to help us understand this all. Now, my dad was not a scripture scholar. He was not a theologian. Instead, he was a simple, humble man of great faith. And I'll never forget, from a very early age, he always told me as a little boy, Danny, we are in this world to work for the world to come. I'll say that again. We are in this world to work for the world to come. Now, mind you, I'm a five-year-old boy, and I didn't really understand it. I just said, well, yeah, that's nice, Dad, and just went about my way. But nonetheless, throughout my whole childhood, he kept telling me that same thing. Danny, we are in this world to work for the world to come. Now, throughout the years, I gradually understood his message. In fact, it was a great message that he was imparting upon me. That, yes, we do live in this world, but nonetheless, we should always be fixated on the goal, which is the world to come, heaven. And if we are fixated on that goal, it will determine our behavior and how we act and how we live out our faith in this world. Everything we do in our daily life should be longing for that world to come, the world of heaven. Now, mind you, don't get me wrong. We cannot merit heaven. We cannot earn our own salvation. No, ultimately, it is a gift from God, a gift that God bestows upon us. But nonetheless, if we are fixated on that goal and it determines our behavior and how we live out our faith life day after day, then we make ourselves worthy of that great gift of salvation in heaven. And I think that's what my dad saw and understood. He had a very clear path and understanding of heaven and how to get there. And I think he wanted me to see that path and understand it myself so that My behavior and how I lived out my daily life helped me be fixated on the goal throughout my entire life. And how serendipitous. The readings for this weekend are perfectly tied to what we celebrated just a few days ago, All Saints Day, the Holy Day. And the one common denominator that is woven through all of the saints is their posture. They were constantly fixated on the goal. In doing so, it determined their behavior such that they were able to do great things on behalf of God in this world. And that's what made them saints. Now you say to yourself, well, should we be detached from the world, disengage it? No, not at all. In fact, just the opposite. We have to be like the saints. Keep our mind fixated on the goal, the goal of heaven, and that'll determine our behavior and how we live out our faith and how we live out the virtuous life. But therein lies the temptation for us to believe that this world that we live in now is the end all. For the person for themselves to believe, this is my life and therefore what I see in this world is lasting and permanent. See, the devil wants us to believe that. The devil wants to dupe us into believing this. And so many people have been tempted and duped into this great lie. I've seen it so often. People, their whole lives are directed towards this world and this world alone. Therefore, they engage all the temptations. As a result, the people are dedicated to the things of this world, fame, fortune, wealth, power, notoriety, whatever it is. 
And it isn't until the end of their life they realize they made such a great mistake. I can't tell you how many times I've sat at the bedside of people in which death was imminent, maybe a day away, maybe just a few hours away. And they confessed to me how they dedicated their life to this world, to fame, fortune, notoriety, whatever it is, but they didn't dedicate themselves to God. They weren't fixated on the goal. And now they're terrified of death. They're wrought with anxiety. They don't believe in the resurrection. They have accepted the great lie that this world is the end all. And yet they cannot be for us. The scriptures for this weekend tell us we must be prepared. Prepared, you know, for our own mortality. But we are prepared with courage, but also with grace that God gives us to face our mortality and not be afraid to believe in the resurrection, heaven, and eternal life. I'll give you a great example of this. St. Benedict. St. Benedict was the father of Western monasticism. In fact, many of the orders that we know today patterned their orders and their rules after St. Benedict and the Benedictines. You look at the Jesuits, the Franciscans, the Cistercians. Now, St. Benedict, he would always tell his monks, hold before your mind's eye every day your own death. I'll say that again. Hold before your mind's eye every day your own death. What he meant for them is to be fixated on the goal, such that their life, how they live their life out, how they live their faith out, is directed based upon the goal, the goal of heaven. And then St. Benedict encouraged the monks to dig one shovel of their grave every day of their life. Now you say, well, that's morbid, but think of the symbolism there. The monks go out, and every day they dig just one shovel of their grave. It sinks in, their mortality, but also to keep themselves fixated on the goal, which is heaven, and to work to make our lives worthy of that great gift, to direct our faith and our behavior towards that goal. If you look at our prayers, or even our devotions, they keep us fixated on the goal, and of our own mortality. Take the rosary, for example. Pray the rosary. You pray the Hail Mary 50 times. And when you pray the Hail Mary, at the very end, you ask Mary to be with us now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So it reminds ourselves of our own mortality. But we face our mortality with courage and the grace that God gives us, with the knowledge and the faith of the resurrection and of heaven and eternal life. Now, With that in mind, go into the gospel. It makes a lot of sense what Jesus is trying to teach us. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with them in their lamps. Now, this was factually true. Part of the wedding process was when the groom arrived at the wedding, he was escorted in by the bridesmaids. But notice the context in which this is set in. A wedding. We've all been to weddings. They are times of great joy. A feast. Well, notice the symbolism. Jesus is the groom. The bride is us, the church. Therefore, Jesus waits for us to invite us into heaven. And when we enter into heaven, it is a time of great joy, just like a wedding. I believe that every soul that is welcomed into heaven is welcomed with great joy. 
because that's where God wants us. God created us out of love, and therefore, God wants us naturally to be with him for all of eternity. Therefore, when a soul is welcomed into heaven, it is a time of great joy, just like a wedding. And so, therefore, we must be ready. We have to be prepared. We have to be like those five virgins that were prepared to welcome the groom. So do we. How do we do it? A daily prayer life. We stay close to the Eucharist and go to Mass every weekend. We engage confession and reconciliation. But also, we are focused on the goal, the world to come. And that was the message that my dad gave me. We are in this world to work for the world to come. I think that's what the readings for this weekend are all telling us. Leave you with one last thing. St. Thomas Aquinas said, The goal for all Catholics, to be a saint. Well, we can be. Just like the saints, we can always be fixated on the goal, such that Our behavior is directed towards that goal, that we live the virtuous life. We live a life worthy of that great gift of salvation and resurrection. And we face our mortality with courage as well as with grace. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.